Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. Today's show is an extra special episode because for the first time on PBA, we'll be hearing from the partner's perspective as well. Tisha and Marcus take us on the journey to birth their son on Aboriginal land under a gum and she-oak tree. Although having two drug-free hospital births with her first children, Tisha felt excluded and suppressed by the maternity system. When her and Marcus consciously conceived their son, they went on a mind, body and spirit journey to bring him earthside, honoring the old ways of their indigenous culture and implementing sacred practices. Tisha describes this birth as being the last part of her healing journey, regaining her true power within by, quote, birthing this way, my way, our way, an incredibly inspiring story of deep connection to their ancestral lines and each other. Enjoy this episode, guys. Tisha and Marcus, thank you so much for coming on today. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Tisha, do you want to just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Tisha. I'm a proud Bradbury Ewan Nation woman. So Grew, grew up here in Albury, Wodonga, um, and in the Riverina area. Um, and I'm a mother of three and a um, partner to Marcus, who's also here with us today. Amazing. And this is the first time I've ever had a male on the show, so this is really exciting, guys. So were your pregnancies planned? So this is this is our first – so this – most recent birth is our first child together. So I've got two um, older children to a previous marriage, so mm-hmm. a, a almost 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. And how is your pregnancy and birth with those two? Um, lonely would be the word, I think, mm-hmm. um, in the fact that both those previous pregnancies was a terrible relationship, but not only that, just no support from... Um, community or I guess the health system kind of isolates you especially as an Aboriginal woman it's quite um, you're quite excluded in the mainstream system not only that in the whole um, 
I guess, maternity system. Yeah, yeah. So during your pregnancy with your first two children, were you knowledgeable on birth or were you kind of only able to rely on that maternity system that you felt excluded from? Um, I guess I was surrounded by strong women, um, but in saying that, it's a system that uh, is controlled and you're told what to do. So every yeah. knowledge or every bit of information that I received wasn't all negative, but it was um, information that was passed on from previous people who've experienced pregnancies that were in a controlled situation. Yeah, okay. And did you birth your first two in hospital? I did. So both in hospital, both um, all natural. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, just just not very nice experiences. The the end result's always amazing when you're holding that child. Yeah, of course. So after those experiences, what did you do differently this time around? Um, so I'll speak for both of us, but Marcus will jump in at any time he feels that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I guess that journey began, it was a real um, mind, body and spirit journey yeah we had to set the platform um within ourselves i guess for ultimate health and peace just to you know to be healthy um to change our lifestyle to eliminate things that were subtracting from our lives to really connect with one another but connect ultimately with ourselves and with um who we are and where we come from um so that journey began probably maybe nine months before before even falling pregnant. That's amazing. So I'm guessing he was yeah. consciously conceived then? He was. Yeah, it was, it was quite – to be honest, it's almost like everything we'd done was just showing us what's coming. So the process of what we went through together before our son was conceived was basically we were just – we thought we were actually um, – just making ourselves healthier physically, spiritually, emotionally, and all of that. But we we actually realised it's we've been shown what was coming. Yeah. yeah. So you know that's when he when he arrived, it all made sense. <laughs> the whole process we went through. Yes. Um, Could I just quickly ask what were some of the things that you guys did to get your mind, body, spirit ready for his conception? So we so we did um, change our diet and we didn't go vegan or vegetarian, but we did eliminate meat. Okay. Um, so we we continued to consume everything else, ex even seafood. Sorry, but we didn't consume any meat products. Yep. Um, so there's no labels. We just eliminated certain things. Yeah, cool. I love that. Um, we I guess we really. Um, did a lot of healing within our own little family unit. Obviously, Marcus isn't um, the biological father to the, our oldest children. Mm -hmm. So there was still a little bit of, um, I guess, some things that needed to be dealt with like, and healing done with my children for our unit to be whole, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we spent a lot of time with the children yeah. and, and, and creating this safe space within our home Um during that process, we didn't eliminate everything, so we did stop smoking. We weren't really big alcohol drinkers, but we did eliminate that. Yeah. Um, and we did have a loss before we fell pregnant, and so that really kick-started everything. Um, everything that we weren't doing. Yeah, right. But just, you know, um, basically 
you know, how we are in community and, and with our people and, and being mentors and leaders within our community setting, I guess ultimately, big long story short, is we had to be what we were talking about. Um, you know, we had to practice what we preach. We had to walk in our own shoes and be what we were telling other people or showing other people what to be, basically. Yeah. That's on a, um, a spiritual level, I guess. Yeah, we basically had to take a step back and lead ourselves first. Yeah. And I think the the biggest the biggest thing that was most I guess the most growth for us was like I said just before, eliminating things that subtract from your life, that take from you, that don't give you anything in return. And um I guess it's it's about being selfish in an unselfish way. Yeah, I feel that for sure. So at what point did you guys realize, okay, now is the time or did you kind of just let it happen? It just happened. We weren't we weren't putting yeah. any pressure on ourselves. We knew it would happen mm-hmm. when it was supposed to happen. Um, and we knew it would happen when our old people, so our ancestors, knew it was time to gift us with this amazing child yeah and what was your pregnancy like oh it was just the most incredible experience i have had so far and that's not taking away from my previous pregnancies at all but being in this mindset that i'm in being in the position that i'm in um the space that i'm in with my relationship and i guess my whole world it was just the most incredible time that's so amazing. And did you bring your kids along on this journey with you guys? Yeah, We're part of the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> we He's never got something to say too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we... they were there. Hey, so son. cute. Never. Um. We never. So we never forced the children to do what we were doing. Mm-hmm. It was their choice whether they wanted to be part of like what we were eating. Like they would, they would eat what we'd eat sometimes, but. We allowed them to continue um, what they were doing because, yeah, yeah we couldn't force them to do everything we were doing. Um, it's something either they'll they'll even they'll they'll they were going to be a part of it or yeah. they'll just be a part of it when they felt like it. It was real open and free and yeah, nothing was forced. Mm-hmm. Everything was quite flowing the whole time, to be honest. Yes, yeah. with the flow. And we made a specific effort to include them as individuals but also as the siblings together. Um, I think so often parents get so caught up in the moment of being pregnant or that whole experience that siblings often get left out. Yeah. Um, from the start all the way to the birth and then they're expected to just love this little creature that comes into the doors after yeah. being born. So um, we really focused a lot of the pregnancy with the children um, and really we're really we're really open with the children um, we have great communication like they um, they they're just so switched on and so I guess it helped them grow didn't it helped them grow big time to be honest mm. still a lot of challenges <laughs> well that's where a lot of the growth happens isn't it yeah exactly right that's that's where anytime growth happens and yeah, it's just, I don't know, we kind of live for challenges anyway. We don't look at everything as problems. Mm. It's, it's a challenge and it's part of life. Nothing's easy. Yeah, I love that. But, um, We're those people. We yeah. 
anyone can live in happiness every single day, but it's, you know, those, those rainy days, those stormy days that we do live for. Like we know if we're going through shit that this is just growth. Yeah. And the children look at that like that too. Such a good mindset. Yeah, we're we're basically in a process now of sharing um, knowledge with the kids on values and boundaries. So, um, yeah, that's the next stage where it was the children. But, again, that's just expressing what this our young son's brought to us. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of bringing back all the simple ways of how we should be living. Yeah. So, yeah, we're quite grateful. And, you know, it's, the other thing is, is um, I think uh, we – some well, I can't speak for everyone, but when we have children, I believe, or we believe – Mm. That we have children um, because they're here to share and teach us, yeah. not the other way around. And our son here, or, you know, all our children are perfect examples of, you know, they, they show us and teach us every single day. We learn from them. Yeah. If we listen properly. <laughs> <laughs> if we're paying attention. I feel that deeply. That's so true. So back to your pregnancy, what model of care did you choose? So I stuck with, I'm, I'm going to speak, so sorry, I'm going to speak from an Aboriginal point of view because obviously that's, that's who I am. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I will refer to the system as a Western system. Yeah. Um, and so we were um, cared for by a Western, Western system but with a Aboriginal banner. So by that I mean it's an Aboriginal health service, but at the end of the day, it's still policies and procedures and um, a Western system, which is totally understandable and, and we're totally, um, you know, we're not saying anything's wrong with that, but that's the system that took care of, of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we went to the appointments because, you know, that's supposedly the right thing to do, but to be honest, we took care of um, ourselves during the pregnancy, I guess. Yeah, really. Mostly. I think it was really dumb, but it's part of the process. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's more of a process where we're getting put in a box and getting ticked. Yeah. So um, not saying it's wrong, but at the same time, it's part of today today's society. And I and I think today's um, ways. It's a. Uh, it's a fear, I guess, for, for, for a lot of women, but especially us Aboriginal women, Indigenous women, um, if you do not conform, that um, there could be repercussions. And so in the back of my mind, due to intergenerational trauma and, and, and history, if I don't go to these appointments, will my child be removed? Will there be a report made on me? And so those things are running through my the back of my mind, even mm. though it's I'm, I'm, I'm not at risk, I, I don't do anything that puts my family at risk, but... Those thoughts and and those um, challenges are in my mind constantly, and so yeah. I don't want to go to you know the doctor's systems, and I don't want to do this. But I know if I don't, there's a possibility there that there's a risk of children being removed, and and so that fear was there. I guess we acknowledged it, and and yeah. it didn't. We didn't let that fear control us, but we just acknowledged it and we did conform yeah. so during the pregnancy I think I was about three months pregnant and me and Marcus were talking and 
actually before we even fell pregnant, I think it was when we first got together, I was like, when we have a child, we're going to have the baby. Yeah, because we, we were telling everyone the story and no one believed us. <laughs> and I, he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, we're going to have baby under a tree or we're going to have baby out in the bush. Um, I was like, that's what your people did. That's what my people did. This is how it should be. Yeah. And he's like, yep, righto. And then I was pregnant and I was like, shit, this is, we're actually going to have to do this now. <laughs> yeah, um, it happened basically straight after we started talking about it, to be honest. <laughs> and so, yeah, look, um, we were going to, we went to the doctors and I was like, you know, I'm going to have, we're going to, we're going to birth this child out on country. With our ancestors, the way our, our people used to do it, and the doctors are like, there's no way you're doing that. And I was like, well, you know me, and whatever I say I do, and this is what's going to happen. And there was so, so much pushback. And there was so much negativity around it. It was oh, I can imagine. We, were, we had instant horrible. challenges right from the very beginning. Mm. Like we've been, so to, to be honest, if we – never had as much strength and support with one another, mm-hmm. we probably would have allowed the doubt from everyone else to stop this from happening. Yeah. Like, that's 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 like the biggest part, eh, babies? Yeah. If we never had each other, like, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Because everyone's fear that was trying to put into Tisha and me, like, it was quite, an, it was quite intense, to be honest, mm. on how much fear was being thrown at us. At the same time, um, you know, we have to understand the medical side of things, but the medical side won't understand the spiritual side of things. Yeah, so true. That's what's missing. Yeah. So, you know, like, we can understand medical, but medical doesn't want to even understand the spiritual side of things. They just can't, can they? They, Yes, and we don't expect them to. But if we have to wrap our heads around what they're saying, mm-hmm. they should be able to wrap their heads around what we're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? It comes back to just coming together and making things work. Yeah. It's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he's all got here? Like, <laughs> it's, even, it's even beyond an Indigenous thing because at the end of the day, Westernised society come from indigenous societies as well. Yeah. It's, just human. Like, it's human. It's just human, yeah. It's it's gone beyond just being indigenous. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a human thing. But to be honest, I don't know, the way we see it, because of what we've experienced with our son, I believe it's because everyone comes out pure mm-hmm. and there's no pain right from the very beginning. You know, you're not around sick people when you're born. You're not around people that are dying in the next room. You know, there's all that bad energy when it comes to a hospital. But when it comes to just pure nature, you're basically born healed. Jeez, guys, you're giving me goosebumps over here. <laughs> I know. There's, there's so, look, Marcus jumped right to the grand finale, the, oh, the, most, the most amazing part of the story. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I <laughs> love it. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> So take us back to you've just decided you're birthing on country. That's happening. Let's go yeah. back to that part of your journey. Look, so um, there were there were there were so many influences on Instagram that I followed. Beautiful, strong matriarch women, Aboriginal women, um, 
and I reached out to a lady one day and it turns out she's mob, so that means she's um, related to me along the line. So had a yarn with her and she put me on to this Aboriginal midwife um, and I, I reached out to her. We had a conversation with her and she's like, um, I don't know if you understand the whole concept that we're trying to do with birthing on country. Um, and I was like, at the end of the day, this is how our people did it and this is what we're going to do. And if I don't have support, I will, I will in labour drive us to the river, sit under a birthing tree and birth whether medical services are there or not. Mm. And then um, she's like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this, <girl's, laughs> this woman's going to do what she's going to do whether she's it. it or not. And, it, and it, kicks, like, it kicks something in her to be like, all right, I'm going to support you. And so we travelled up to her. Um, on the coast and met with her and um, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful relationship formed straight away and mm-hmm. um, continued my care with her via um, the phone and via um, some mm-hmm. face-to-face, but we lived five hours away, so it was often hard to get up. So the spiritual and emotional support to midwifery was supplied, like was done, cared for by her, mm-hmm. um, and the Western medical side was cared for here um, in Albury, where we're from, um, by the Aboriginal Health Service. And the key to that pregnancy support was that Aboriginal midwife, um, because she could understand that spiritual side that Marcus is talking about, that spiritual support that you need, yeah. um, that holistic support, not just you need blood tests, you need this, you need Um, And so the whole time we were getting pushed back, you can't do this, and as baby Nulla grew, we were getting told he's extremely large, um, you're extremely high risk because you're Aboriginal. Um, Not that any consideration was put in that I've already had two kids and... I know what I'm doing and I know my body. Yeah. There was just constant pushback. Um, and everybody would be like, yeah, that's cool. But everybody would also would be laughing, thinking, you used to it, something mental, like something wrong with you. <laughs> nobody could get their heads around the fact that this is what we were going to do and we were going to do it no matter what. And, you know, we weren't even, we weren't even in control of it. Like, you know, we were, we were being guided to do this to to bring back what what was um and to help women find their power again in birthing and i i just i read this um this thing that somebody put up the other day and it it explains my whole pregnancy and birth or our experience and the the quote was my ancestors endured too much for me to be indecisive about my power and i thought you know what, that's exactly the thought and the mindset that we had going into this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to birth. And they, my, our ancestors did go through too much for us not to use our power and to be powerful in who we are. Mm. What was it like receiving all of that pushback? Did it fuel your fire to succeed at this even more? To be totally honest, that, that was a small part of it. But for me, I can't speak for Marcus, but for me, 
these were tests from my ancestors to say, are you really strong enough? Can you really do this? Yeah. Have we really given you this? Are you going to go through with it? And so yeah. each time we had that brick wall, each time we had that pushback, I was like thinking, you know what, they're just sitting up there looking down on us laughing. Are they <laughs> going to do what they're going to do? Are they going to go through with it? That's exactly well, what happened. And so, you know, I looked at it like that and, I, I did use it um, as, as you know, a tool I guess, to to prove a point at, because that's just in me to always have to prove a point and be right. <laughs> but that wasn't the main driving factor at all. And I think another the, the other main driving factor for me as a woman was, first of all, to show my children that if you put your mind to something, you can do it no matter what, no matter what's being said or, or what's stopping you. Yeah. Um, and another... Thing was for women to be able to take back what is our only thing that we've been, you know, given, I guess, in, in the fact it's our bodies, mm. it's our journeys, um, and we, we're the ones that, you know, bring life in this world, and, and that's been taken away from us, that whole experience. Yeah. Who did you choose mm-hmm. to have support you during this journey? Yeah, okay, so... We were really blessed, so we moved up the coast um, where the other side of my family's bloodlines come from, so our song lines. Okay. Um, and so we were out up at um, just by now in Jervis Bay, mm-hmm. and we were up there for a month um, prior to having baby. And um, our Aboriginal midwife put us on to introduced us, sorry, to Birth Time Australia, and so we had Joe Hunter and Joshua Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um, come and meet with us with another um, home bi- home birthing midwife named Louise David, and so we had a meet with them. Oh, we've been two weeks before before we birthed our son, yeah. um, and so we met with them um, and did a did a little um, ceremony, I guess, and just got to know one another and those lovely ladies were our um, birthing team. So we had two um, qualified home birthing midwives who practice um, home birthing and have been for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we also had um, Joshua, who is a doula. Amazing. So I'll just just let you know, the day before um, I went into labour, I um, went to the Shoalhaven Hospital Mm -hmm. with with my young daughter, and I went there and I spoke with the um, midwifery team who were, who were lovely. The midwives there were absolutely beautiful. And I said, look, I'm here. I want to book into the hospital in case I go over um, like a week or so, so over just, you know, yeah. um, as, our, as a risk management plan, as a backup plan. If we need to go to the hospital, I want to go there. I want to feel the energy. Mm-hmm. I want to have a look at the place and get a feel of the place and, so we had a we had a meeting with the midwives. Everything was amazing. Um, I was like, you know, this is why I'm here. I'm not birthing here, but I will come here if I have to. Um, yeah. And so that was all well. And then the head obstetrician walked in and was like, you are not you are not birthing your child the way you said you are. And I was like, well, I respect what you're saying and I understand your point of view, but at the end of the day, I'm doing what I'm going to do. Yeah. Anyways, there was a there was a massive thing. She was quite um, she was she was horrifying actually. She 
she tried to scare me and frighten me into not going ahead with it by basically telling me I'm going to kill my child and that when he's dead, um, don't come back, this and that. Oh, God. Yeah, it was it was really horrific. And um, the more calm I was and the more understanding on what she was saying, the more angry she got. Um, so bad. And then once she couldn't affect me, she turned to my young daughter and was like, this is what's going to happen. This is how your baby's going to die. Your baby brother's going to die. <sighs> Um, during yeah it was horrific and I I left and like it was so horrific the midwives that were on that day were in tears like it was just an horrific experience but I knew that was the last challenge and I knew baby was coming because I went through that um so I left the hospital I still booked in mind you (laughs) um I left the hospital I went home Uh, me Marcus and the children went out to the beach that afternoon and did some I guess cleansing, yeah. um, just get rid of that that last little bit of nasty pushback, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, we had a lovely lovely evening with the children, and my mum actually was there as well. And then I think at about four o'clock in the morning, no, sorry, it was three in the morning. I felt pain. I went back to sleep uh, for an hour and a half, and then I woke Marcus up, and I was like, I'm in labour. What's happening today? I was like, it's it's just it's just starting though. It's been going for a couple of hours, but just letting you know. And so, we were both super excited, like kids Christmas Eve. <laughs> it was just it was we knew we were ready. We knew everything was ready and it was happening. And so, we Marcus ran me a bath and we sat in that bath um, listening to Gurumul, who is an Aboriginal artist, is just absolutely amazing and beautiful. <laughs> Um, for two hours, I think we were just we were just hanging out in there, just just <laughs> totally in our own space, in our own energy, just you know, beginning the process of welcoming baby into the world. Yeah, wow. Can I ask if any fears kind of showed up once you did go into labour and realised, okay, there's no going back now, like we're having this baby on country. Was there anything at all that kind of popped up or you were just fully trusting? Um, no, and, and that comes down to, I guess, the fact that I know myself and yeah. I didn't allow any doubt to um, creep into my head because I know what I'm capable of. Mm. And... Even if I didn't birth children before, because of that mindset, it would be the same. Yeah. And you were planning to birth under a tree. Was there a particular tree or a part of land that you chose? Like what went behind that whole process? It's <laughs> another story. Yeah, we're laughing. <laughs> Honestly, we could we could talk for hours and hours yeah. this whole experience and take you on a different thirty different journeys. But anyways. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was. So after the bath, obviously, I'd contacted the midwives. They had to drive down from Sydney. So we knew they were a couple of hours away. Um, so I woke mum and the kids up and I was like, it's happening today. Like, come and have some breakfast. Like, I don't know how fast it'll start, but it's already going. Mm. Um, and so we originally went out to a spot. Um, we'd cleaned it up. We got it all prepared. And that morning the midwives were like, look, we can't actually, we can't go to that spot because if anything does happen, like it's too remote for emergency services. Mm -hmm. And at that point I just 
it's the one battle I just I, I really submitted and I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. We we'll just go. To, we had to sacrifice what we wanted for the greater good of us all. Mm-hmm. And we knew that if we had gone to where we wanted to go, um, there would have been some kind of doubt and fear in, in one of our midwives' minds. Yeah. And we didn't want that energy brought to the birth. Uh, and so we we did. We we sacrificed what we wanted um, for 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 us all and for everybody to stay in that in that um, good energy in that good mindset and so yeah we we all went out to the spot um, and it was a beautiful little spot right on the right on the beach mm-hmm. um, under a gum tree and a she oak tree which are, which are quite significant mm, um, quite quite significant trees for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and just set the scene, you know, we were, me and Marcus was, um, doing a small smoking, so cleansing of the area, um, and me, so him and my son were doing that, me and my daughter were making, um, what are they called? The, flux bands. Yeah, like, so headbands out of the, um, flux trees that were growing in the, so cool. um, and just, you know, going in the ocean and during um, contractions and just, you know, walking around and just being at one in nature with, with my little family. It was just it was just an amazing wow. space. Um, Basically embracing everything that was surrounded by us. Yeah, yeah. Connecting before Sola turned up. Yeah. And so it was, a, it was such an empower, like empowering moment. To, to really to be experiencing it, but also knowing, you know, for over 60, 70, 80, 90,000 plus years, yeah. women, my people have been doing this exact process. Like, not exact, exact. Like, obviously, time changes things. Yeah. Um, pretty close. But yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Basically, you know, it's, it's, I guess, the way we look at it, it's old ways brought to new ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it was just crazy like there was no panic there was no anxiety there was no fear there was no rushing it was all relaxed and if if I look back now it kind of felt like everything was in slow motion it was just it was quite crazy it was just like everybody was just chilled and relaxed and I think that that really people were feeding off me Marcus's energy so we remained really calm and relaxed and everybody else I don't think they could have panicked if they wanted to because our energy was so strong. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah. And you to adjust to where we were. Yeah. Yeah. How was that for you, Marcus, to see her there standing in her power like that? Um, there's not many words that can describe it, but it's the first time I really felt like a man. Wow. Being able to be there for you know my woman and. Support her in every single way possible and just really embrace and embody what was happening. Yeah. It was it was quite an um, emotional, it was really emotional for me to be honest, you know, just because I know at the same time um, it wasn't a man's job to do that. Yeah. Especially back in, you know, back in the old times, but realising, you know, we're in a new age mm. and... It just felt right 
for me to be there um, and be part of the whole process. Yeah. It was, it's really, it's really hard to explain. Mm. It's, it's just, it's just the overwhelming feeling of everything, to be honest. I really just, it's the kind of the first time I've had to really just push away every single thought in my being. Like the whole time I wasn't even thinking about what I wanted. I was just basically fully 100% connected to Tisha. Wow. She needed. Yeah, it's just, yeah. (laughs) So beautiful. And did your surges begin to sort of pick up Tisha? Yeah. So we were, so we stayed home. So we're home all morning till about nine thirty, mm-hmm. and I think at that point we were maybe three minutes apart. Okay. Um, and then obviously we drove out to where we birthed um, out on Aboriginal land, so out in Buttery National Park, um, and we we're on this public beach. And I don't know, to be honest those measurements kind of just drifted away and it kind of just, everything just happened naturally. There was, oh, my God, I'm a minute apart. Oh, my God, 30 seconds, it's getting closer. Like we literally just kept transitioning together in our own space um, and just let it happen naturally. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you how how close the contractions were. Um, I know that... I was so comfortable in our little space that I kind of pushed off, like I guess delayed labour a little bit. I was so relaxed that kind of everything kind of slowed down. Yeah. Um, and I realise now why that happened because I didn't realise at the time, but my mum had actually taken off into town for a minute to go get everybody else coffees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I knew that it couldn't happen. I knew he wouldn't, baby wouldn't come until my mum had come back. Yeah. And so I think that's what paused everything, didn't it? Yeah. I, I kind of stopped you, myself from. You were thinking about your mum the whole time. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I and I wasn't even consciously doing it. It was just her presence was gone. And yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't need other people there because right at that moment I just needed to be. I needed Marcus's energy, yeah. but my my being wouldn't allow this to happen. My son wouldn't come until she had come back and got everybody else coffees. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, look. Um, by the time she come back, um, that I I was I wasn't struggling. I just I needed I needed a push start, and so I so the midwife joe she's like tisha get up and go for a walk Mm. she's like it's gonna hurt and you're gonna hate me but just do it because once you've done a couple of laps you you'll be like this is amazing and so the first couple of circles we did around the area me and marcus i nearly ripped his shoulders off (laughs) off him and um the pain because i've never done that before like i never actively walked around during heavy hard labor yeah um and it was it was that last transition period, and so it was quite painful. And then we did, and then by the third or fourth lap, I was like, "This is actually really, really good for the pain relief." And yeah. so we kept walking, and then 
things were moving along closer and I was like, I'm not ready to stop walking yet. Like it felt so amazing. And um, I think the most amazing part of that was I could feel that pain, Marcus taking that pain away during each contraction. Like that's the only way I can explain it. I could feel his energy grabbing it and picking it up off me and taking it and putting it on his back. Like it's just, it's just, yeah, that was pretty intense. It was intense, and at that point, you know, the children sat back um, because my children were there right next to us the whole time. Yeah, beautiful. Um, our children, sorry. And so even they sat back. Everybody kind of sat back and moved away during that process. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could just feel the energy shifting between us. But, yeah, it was just literally felt like he was picking the pain up out of my body, chucking it on his own back and walking away with it. Like it was just it was just the best pain relief <laughs> that anyone could ask for. And then, um, yeah, look, we kind of settled down on the, on the mat and then, um, those, those real animalistic, I guess, deep growls started coming out of me and it was, it was time he was coming. And so um, could you feel your body pushing at that stage? I could, um, I could. And so, like I've birthed before and that's the part that I love. Like I love that yeah. part of birthing. Like those those excruciating pains of pushing, like your body pushing, like you just kind of dig down deep and, and um, go with it. Mm. Don't resist it. And so, yeah, I love that feeling. I love that pain. And I could do it over and over and over again. Oh, I love that. So whereabouts were you guys at this point? So we were still under the trees. Yeah, okay. um, we'd made our way back there. Um, and the, the midwives did one last medical check for their own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And then they stepped right away and Marcus birthed our son. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marcus was there. I had my legs on him. I was laying on my side and using him as my um, leg crutches and just push, pushing baby out. And the second that he started coming out, Marcus was there to to catch him straight into his arms. Oh, guys. So how did that feel, like that moment of we've, we did it, we've birthed on country like we said we were going to. He's here. It was, it's hard to explain. It was real. <laughs> it was real virtual, like... You know, it just really felt like every single one of our ancestors was surrounding us oh. and we're all getting, it's like we're both getting patted on our backs, like in a real, wow. oh, I don't know how to explain it's it. Like, it's, it's like just, they were just surrounding us and, and holding us. Yeah, it's just like I, I had these overwhelming tears of joy that mm. felt like it wasn't just my tears. Mm. It's the first time I've kind of caught tears of joy where it wasn't just coming from me. Jeez. Like, it wasn't safe, like, you know, and, and I made sure those tears dropped on the kids, Tisha and Nulla, mm. and, you know, those, like, everyone was just crying tears of joy. It was, it yeah. was um, I'm trying to put words to it, but it's, there's just none. Euphoria. Yeah, like, euphoria is the it's best. It's the word. It was, we were all... The whole lot of us, and I forgot to mention, my sister-in-law Megan was there too, and she held space like a champion. Like she literally held space for us yeah. with the children and and with everybody else was there. Um, I, I did forget to mention her, 
she was a massive part of the process as well. But mm-hmm. the the actual the last part of the birthing was just euphoria for everybody. Everybody was in that energy. We were all crying tears of joy. It was just overwhelming happiness. Apparently, as soon as um, so, this is a public spot where I birthed, and there were people coming and going and. As people were coming down, everybody kind of were like, oh, people are coming. And I was like, that's fine. If they want to watch, tell them they're quite welcome to watch. Like, because this is a, it's been a very long time since these this kind of happened, you know, mm. probably since early colonization or previous. And so I was like, they're welcome to watch. They're welcome to be a part of it, like, as long as the energy's right. And the whole beach kind of crept over it in there. I know. It went from no one being there to, like, <laughs> nearly... 50, 60 people. Yeah. It was insane. Like, usually there's no one. Like, this is during the week too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's it was, just. It was pretty crazy near the end. And then, yeah, when the baby came out, everyone started applauding. And, yeah, the whole oh beach erupted. Everybody was just, there was tears everywhere. Like, it was just like real, like, Hollywood movie moment. Wow, that's so cool. I didn't hear the beach because we were in our own little bubble. Yeah, of um, course. But yeah, it was just. It's kind of like I don't know. Now that you said that word, it's you know, it's kind of like the way I can explain this feeling and what happened and what we experienced is kind of like the sky and Mother Earth coming together for the first time to Mm. birth the first seed. Mm. That's probably that's the only way I can really describe. It's kind of like bringing all. It's the pure essence of life. Yeah. Coming together as one, like yeah, that's. Anyway, I can really explain it. Yeah, wow, so powerful. So powerful, and and I I I did speak to um, the the ladies from Birth Time Australia, and we did speak about this. And um, the last part of my healing journey happened during this birth. Um, There's so much, so much stuff that I've been through in my life and so much of my power as a woman had been taken from me over the years ever since I was quite young and Mm -hmm. it was me regaining my true power within myself birthing this way my way our way Mm -hmm. the way that we should be birthing as women um and to be able to experience that is just crazy like I do not have any issues, not that's the wrong wording. I'm just saying any trauma that was not healed previously, this birth um, really was a healing point for me and, and a powerful one. For all of us. For all of us, yeah. yeah. For everyone was, that was there too. Every single birth, everyone that was part of the birth, they needed to have time. So everyone was, everyone that was there had to be there. Yeah. Or healed there. And, and I think. What makes it incredibly special and what we did for our child and what we were able to do was eliminate trauma from birth, Mm, eliminate that initial trauma. You know, there was no, you know, being ripped out. There was no stress within mum that was passed on to him. There was no, none of that, you know, he had his, his rite of passage from birth that everybody have, but especially there's processes and protocols and ceremonies that Aboriginal people have and Indigenous peoples have and he to experience that. So he's never going to have an identity issue when he's older 
because he was birthed the right way. What has the reception been like around you guys with other people? We'll, we'll be people, totally honest. People, people are just are still, mind blown. Yeah. People still don't know how to wrap their minds around it. Mm, which is kind of sad in a way, isn't it? It is, but it just means that they're not healed. And they've yeah. got trauma to deal with in themselves. And mm. it's nothing we can really change or fix. It's something that's got to be done by yourself. Yeah, true. And it's but, such... Like home birthing, the concept's still such so out there, mm. and the people can't can't wrap their minds around it. But then to go out bush, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, like what the hell? It's, it's what technology's done. It's 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 taken our beings away from being. Yeah, so true. So um, yeah, it's like what when we got home, eh? People were just like. Wow, you've actually done what you said, <laughs> and they didn't know how to really talk about like you know when we first got back, it was really it really sucked because we couldn't actually speak to anyone on what we just done. Yeah, okay. People weren't ready to hear it, like no one was ready to hear what how good it felt and what we experienced. Like mm. we'd start talking about it and people just kind of shut off. Oh, interesting. Like it's kind of like they started judging themselves. Yeah. yeah okay. Like hey, that's what we felt. It felt like yeah. we thought like what have we done wrong? But we realized after a certain amount of people we've told, it looked like they were judging themselves on their parenting mm. abilities with what they've done with their children. Yeah, right. So, or it, it's true because even when I speak crazy. to them now, some women are like, Oh, but I had no choice and it's like They're explaining themselves. To explain themselves. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm not. We don't, we don't share this story to um, take away from anybody else's experience because birthing, no matter where it is, is magical and special, and, and it is just the most amazing thing that humans can do. But it's just mm. we want to share our story because you know we want to inspire other people and, and help other people, you know. Be who they are, their true authentic self, and and to gain back that self control um, mm-hmm. in a that's been controlling us for so long. Yeah. Yeah, it's everyone. Everyone's involved in this. It's just something you kind of have to take a step back and recognize. Yeah. And did you guys do anything special with your placenta? We did. Yeah, we did. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> so we we so. Baby was born, right, and then um, Marcus, you know, had his cuddle and then brought him straight onto my chest and then I had my cuddle and me, Marcus, and Lila and Zeke and Baby spent a little bit of special time together and then um, Marcus put Baby in um, a coolerman, which is a, like a carrying um, tool that Aboriginal people used to use. Mm-hmm. He put Baby on his possum skin's in the Coolerman and took him to the ocean um, and did Marcus is um, Maldi, so he's from New Zealand mm-hmm. and did um, special stuff at the ocean with my son and, and um, Nala, baby. Beautiful. So that whole process of um, him being placed in the Coolerman and on his possum skins and ceremony around in the ocean with Marcus, the placenta was attached mm-hmm. to him still. Um, and then finally... Yeah, it was washed in the ocean and then um, that connected baby straight to his New Zealand roots as well um, through the through the ocean, through the Moana. Um, and so 
we then um, the children tied off the placenta once it had finally um, finished, mm-hmm. and it was probably after an hour or so, I'd say, a couple hours. Yeah, yeah um, about an hour. And then we we took the placenta home um, and popped it in the freezer for a later date, um, and then a week. Also later, we went back out to the birthing spot. Yeah, and scarred the tree. Marcus, um, we scarred the tree, which is... Um, so where he was born, so um, that's when you scar the tree, it, you cut it, so you're cutting off the bark, okay. which eventually is turned into a coolerman. Yeah. And, um, and, then, and then we scar the tree, so you can put, well, usually you can put a few markings on the tree depending on what it's for, but we never put any markings on because... When we pulled the bark off, it already had this natural marking on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah, it didn't need to be touched. Anyway, um, that represents now. It's, so now that scar represents the birthing tree. Amazing. So for the next, you know, twenty thousand years of Nullah's bloodlines, his family will be able to go back to that tree. It's incredible. And not just birth, but. You know, get married, yeah. ceremonial, really anything to do with that family, his family, our family, all yeah. the way down to the next generations, and yeah, that's where his um placenta was buried at the base of the right tree. Right at the base of the tree. So we gave back to mother. Yeah, by so burying. that's giving back. So, you know, we were gifted Nulla, and then we gifted a gift back to Mother Earth. Mm. Process to continue. And how cool when he's there with his children and his grandchildren. Oh. And he's like, I was born under this tree. Wow. It kind of makes you wonder what the world would be like if we all sort of had our, you know, rite of passage that way. I know. that's. It would be something that we would not have to search for anymore. There's mm-hmm. something always missing. Yeah. No matter how connected and grounded you are, there's always something missing. And the way we look at it, it's that birthright. It's that rite of passage from birth yeah. that... Those, those ceremonies, whether it's your cultural background or, or your family culture or any kind of culture that, you know, any any kind of routine, anything that makes you who you are, we don't do that anymore with our babies. Mm. Um, and it's it's not a fault of ours. It's just the systems that are in place, the, the, the oppression. It's it's all those systems that have taken away and it's, it's time for us to, to take back that power and, and really you know, make that about family. And I think for us to do it as a family, like I said earlier, children are left out of the whole process mm-hmm. or they're involved very minimal. Mm-hmm. And to birth with the children, like, you know, I never thought that, that I would ever, um, you know, be completely naked and exposed in front of my son, but for my 10-year-old son to sit there and watch us birth, like, mm. it's just truly incredible and what these children took away from that. Like, he cannot wait when he, he so his wife can experience that. You know, my daughter mm. cannot wait to show people that this is what she can do and that's what she's going to do. Yeah. To make, have it, to do it as a family, like, it's family business. It's not just women's business. Yeah. Those ways have changed. It's our business now. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So, Tisha, what advice would you give to any expectant mums out there? To to eliminate any distractions, to listen to your intuition, to, you know, if, if you can't hear what you're being told, to go out in nature and listen mm-hmm. 
and and just listen to your body and be strong and and brave and powerful in who you are as a woman. Yeah. Draw the strength from the women previous to you. You know those lines go on f- since the beginning of time. Draw on those women's strength. Uh, if you are doubting yourself, and and use that strength to to do to birth like you know it's it's an amazing powerful thing and you're powerful enough to do it so beautiful you guys wow such an inspiring journey i'm truly in complete awe of both of you and the connection that you have thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us yeah look we're 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 ready to share it like we have we've just been so you know in our little family bubble like we just we are just obsessed with one another at the moment. Like it's crazy. Mm, It's just our little family is just thriving. Um, But we're we're so, we're so honored, I guess, and humbled to share our story. And, you know, we only just kind of scratched the surface with you. It's kind of quick and brief and Mm. we didn't like, we've been meaning to prepare this for a long time to be able to tell it, but we haven't yet. And so it's such a huge story, but yeah. we're just humbled to share it because it's about exposure and it's about showing other people that you can do what you want to do when you set your mind to it mm-hmm. and that there are systems in place to control and you don't have to conform. Like you need to acknowledge them and be respectful, yeah. but doesn't determine who you are or what you need to do. Yeah such a privilege guys thank you yeah you're very welcome that brings us to the end of the show guys i hope you feel as inspired as i did hearing this incredibly powerful journey i'm completely aware that birthing on country isn't probably for everyone but there is still so much intense beauty and raw strength in this story the cultural aspect the deep level of consciousness and connection between tisha and marcus uh it's just magic really Anyway, there is always so much to take away from such stories. So I hope you guys loved it as much as I did. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA Instagram. And I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.